Welcome to Two Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're here today to talk about season four, episode three, titled 403 Forbidden. It's yet another uh, HTML, uh, HTTP status error code. Uh, what'd you make of this episode? I really liked it. Um, I I guess I'd forgotten that Vera is such a weird character because when he showed up, I'm like, oh, God damn it. Uh, he's in this season. And mm-hmm. then like by the end of the season, I'm like, well, OK, this is this is a wild card that probably neither Elliot nor White Roses has appropriately accounted for in their math. And I, I yeah. think it might actually lead to some interesting possibilities. Um, and he's entertaining the same way kind of Leon's entertaining. He's got okay. that kind of like, yeah. you know, street philosopher vibe to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really liked the backstory we got on, on White Rose. And yep. that did a lo- uh, went a long way from making her... Uh, you know, it reminded me a lot of like the Gus swimming pool scene in Breaking Bad, where it's like, mm-hmm. this was a character that's always mysterious and cool and inherently interesting, but now there's a bit of heart. Now you understand like what is actually motivating, you know, other than yeah. just money and power and all the things that always motivate people. Like what is, you know, what's the rosebud in this situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, 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 I really liked it. And, and honestly, I was kind of like worried when they, you know, Elliot started romancing his Mark, but I thought where that ended up was kind of, uh, kind of interesting too. It's probably going to be horrifying. Like, you know, either Vera or White Rose is going to kill this poor girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, for, you for... can't help but think of Shayla when you start thinking about Olivia. And the whole fact that, like, you know, he's, while he's doing, he's he's using and manipulating her as he's also making a human connection. And, like, that, the, uh-huh. the, the bizarre line from Mr. Robot where he's like, Elliot's finding out that he can get grand people access and it doesn't have to be painful. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Okay, Mr. Robot, I'll 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 play that clip for you when your her brains get blown out in like three episodes. So I liked it a lot. What'd you think? Uh man. Hearing hearing you talk about this, I, I feel like you're falling into the same trap that a lot of people are. Oh. You're forgetting that we're dealing with the fucking dark army here. We're uh-huh. dealing with a human being in White Rose who is willing to go to any lengths to achieve her goal. Yes. Let's not forget that when we're talking about Olivia, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm who trying. is who is the contact for the Deus Group at Cypress National Bank doing all their money laundering. Uh-huh. If you think she's some naive twenty-something, like p- former drug addict, like you might have the wrong impression in your head. Like just just keep that in mind. But what if she is completely clean and she's just being used for like sure, some kind of what clerical if, work? Yes, yeah. I'm willing to indulge in the what if, but let's also think about who we're dealing with here right the organization that we're dealing with uh, okay uh you're right i I mean i I just think everybody is like i did not consider that i did not consider that they do so much in this episode to like heap some sympathy on it a bunch of characters who without that stuff we would very much be on board with no i so i'm thinking like because she doesn't have any tell like I was trying uh-huh. to get all the other people that we've seen that Dar- the the White Rose uh, has used, and any one of them you wouldn't be like, you know, or we first met. Well, Irving. I didn't think Janice was Janice. either. Like, right but, until she, you know, pulls the card out and shows it to Dom. But they are very weird people. Like Irving is a very weird dude. Janice is a very weird uh, lady. Uh, uh-huh. I I Olivia, we've been up in her house. Uh, <laughs> uh, Elliot and Mister Robot's been all up in. Uh, she. 
doesn't seem weird and she seems i don't know she's got genuine human problems is that an elaborate right, but, backstory? But this is the twist on that, right? Like, yeah. in my mind, this is the twist. Like, okay, we see these characters who uh, are weird, but we don't think have any connection to the Dark Army. Oops, they do. Uh-huh. Or we can see the characters we know have connections to the Dark Army. Oh, they're not weird at all. Mm-hmm. Huh. And and I think those two are roughly equivalent. Yeah. I, I, I just don't want people to forget it's the fucking dark army. No, it's you're white rose. They're willing to murder. They're willing to manipulate in any way imaginable. What if she? Uh, yeah. So the other way, she could be like a Santiago, where she's a good person, but she's been put in this. But like you know, it's like uh, sure. The or Godfathers Dom. asked yeah. her for a favor at some point, and uh, you know, when when the Godfather shows up, it's like, uh, hey, I just want you to make my son look presentable in his casket. Mm-hmm. Seems harmless enough. Needs to need you to move some money around. Like I'm not, I, I just don't know. Like if she, is she dark army in the way that like Dom is dark army? Is she dark army yeah. in the way that like Irving and Janice are? And maybe Irving and Janice are also dark army in the same way. We don't know about it. Yeah, no, all fair questions. But I like it annoys me when Mister Robot's like, oh, he's having a genuine genuine human connection and he's opening up. And who would have thought it would be Olivia? Mm. Also, who would have thought it'd be Olivia to stab him in his sleep at when she gets the call from White Rose? Like she got the razor blade right there. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep it in mind. Yeah, no. There's a few things. I yeah, that that slipped my attention. There's a couple other things I think that represent Mr. Robot and Elliot being sloppy, getting sloppy, getting emotional, and um, and there's a lot of that going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even even yeah. White Rose is characteristically kind of like. Playing things real fast and loose, thinking that she can uh-huh. up-tempo the operation and 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 uh, catch Elliot and uh, the others as flat, flat-footed and, and she'll be on the balls of her feet. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, breaking, I think, her own rules on this stuff, right? Yeah, I don't know. There might be some Art of War stuff that's going on here where it's like... Yeah, you know, if you think you're, if you think someone's plotting against you, then you you just you just accelerate the tempo and mm-hmm. make them improvise and force them into a mistake, just like she said. Yeah, she I, makes that case. Yeah, it's pretty smart. It's pretty smart. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll yeah, see if she's the master of time that she thinks she is. Master of the what was uh, the Boy George song, King of the World? That was going yeah know. in the when they were making out uh, uh-huh. in in the, the yeah hotel playing room. on the TV yeah. Uh, the other thing that they're doing with this episode, which I thought was much needed, like you said, is sympathizing White Rose a little bit, uh, making her a more sympathetic character, uh, giving us clues into her motivations beyond just like power, like you said. Um, and that doesn't mean we suddenly think that White Rose is some woobie no. that we're going to feel sorry for. It's just, it's always nice to have that element of it, it adds, your villains. Yeah, it adds layers of uh-huh. understanding to characters. Yep. That don't necessarily mean you agree with their ends. Plus, right? it's always villains are nice also when they seem unbeatable, but they do have like some kind of weakness, some kind of kryptonite. And yeah. uh, I think this is kind of th- this patience, this idea that, uh, you know, that is what, like you've waited however long. Like in, in, in White Rose's case, we're talking about a journey that's been 30 plus years. And three hundred and what seven days, eight days since she she first was ready to move her product product, and uh, at some point, like even the most patient person, like you get so close to the end, you know, you want to just print that a little faster. When really, you know, uh, to to quote another show, you maybe should slow down and check your doors and corners before you rush into that room because uh-huh. that room might eat you alive, White Rose. Yeah, 
Before we get any further, I got to do some housekeeping for Bald Move, and there is so much house to keep, I'm going to have to do it like Micro Machines, a commercial guy fashion. Uh, Watchmen has come. It's finally here. The follow-up to Damon Lindelof's The Leftovers, and it gets a full treatment, instant live cast for club members, as well as an instant talk, just like we did for Watch uh, Westworld and Game of Thrones, and a full cast with recap analysis and feedback on Tuesdays. We're also still doing Rick and Morty. Uh, we're at season three, Tales from the Citadel. We have an amazing guest, Gustavo Sarola from Rooster Teeth to break down all of our hip evil Morty theories. Uh, Cecily and I are still doing American Horror Stories season nine, 1984. If you want to get some October spook on, it's safe to jump in at this season because it's anthology. None of the previous seasons mattered. Also, Cecil and I are doing the Cinema Spooktacular, our third annual installment to Search for Spook. Volume 2 just came out over the weekend, talking about Tallgrass, Sleepaway Camp, and Crawl. Cecily and Alexis of Pin Y fame will be covering his dark materials on Bald Move TV for us starting on November 4th. This week, they're going to be releasing a review of the 2007 Golden Compass movie as a sort of shakedown cruise. A bald movie in my Bald Move TV feed? <gasps> Shocked Pikachu face. And that's all the housing that got kept. Okay, should we get into the recap? Yes, please. All right, we start off in 1982, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll call her him Zhang for now because yeah, that's I, the way I he's presenting apologize in if I accidentally misgender white wrote because I yeah. noticed as I was taking the notes I was mixing my pronouns based on how she was presenting and it's an easy right. mistake to make uh, hope hopefully we won't do it but I just want to apologize in advance if we do yeah I'm gonna go mostly with she but in the scene it's Zhang who's meeting with uh, these IBM people basically says we're gonna steal their tech um, and we're gonna lead them to believe this is a mutual partnership uh, after the meeting they're they're relaxing her and her partner is what I'm gonna call this guy um, and talking about how Zhang is going to become the American ambassador for China which is great for them because it's gonna enable them to live in America outside of the shadows for once with their relationship does that seem realistic? Just nah. like, because mm. I was thinking, like, you're still. 82 in America. I, I don't well, know if they've watched The Deuce, but 82 <laughs> in America is not a great time for the gay community. But I think, like, if you're in Washington or New York City, it would be better. I, I just question whether, surrounded by that many Chinese nationals, like you would in an embassy situation, mm -hmm. that the scrutiny would be such that, like, what, you're just going to sneak away to Times Square and hit up a bathhouse or parlor are you just gonna like shack up in some kind of uh you know mansion type deal and just be yeah, confirmed bachelors confirmed chinese diplomatic ambassadors uh-huh uh maybe i don't know officially seems, that's, seems that's like gotta be your status there'd still be a lot of look but probably better than oh, you certainly. would have in the heart of, of of china sure yeah which i i find it hilariously ironic that at the same time that they're touting the freedoms of america and, and using that to live their best life they're also talking about stealing their ip and getting rich off the backs of the american work <laughs> so no, like, all, all the jokes about them stealing the technology and how the american corporation's greed of entering this market blinds them to the fact that we're not gonna buy a yeah. goddamn thing you're gonna drive the car to us so we can jack it you know yeah but it's it's to me it was like oh you're taking on both sides of this equation right mm -hmm. you're taking the ip and you're also taking the freedoms right using both to your advantage which very much is a white rose kind of deal uh yeah. so after uh this guy showers uh white rose requests to be left alone in the hotel to prepare for some reports instead of attending a quick meeting. This meeting turns out not to be quick. It stretches all night. And when uh, Zhang's partner returns, 
Zhang reveals the true persona, uh, his his or her true persona, which is White Rose. And White Rose's partner says she's beautiful. Accepts her. Yeah, she's mentions nice. that there's this important dress that belonged to her mother, that uh, she's always thought as simple and elegant. Um, that will be important later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is probably the first time, and I, I, I doubt that she considers herself White Rose because it seems like there is a special meaning that later. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's probably the first time she's presented this way. Like, it certainly to this partner. Like I yep. mean, maybe it's happened for in private. Um, but uh, this was a big kind of coming out for her. Yeah. Um, and the it's funny because in my notes I'm like, who is this guy? We haven't seen him before. He must be dead. <laughs> Turns out, Prescience, two scenes Jim. later, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be uh, uh, the case. The other noteworthy thing is the time on on his watch when they kiss. Mm. Uh, time on her boyfriend's watch when they kiss. Eleven sixteen. Yeah. What what do you know about eleven sixteen? <laughs> I know that there are about a hundred different theories on what eleven sixteen might mean. Mm-hmm. The, I suppose, most interesting thing I've seen so far is that eleven sixteen actually means one one sixteen, and that White Rose's plan could be going well, down on January. Be, before 1st. we talk theories, though, like this is not the first time that this oh, sequence no. of numbers has come up. Like, and, and it, it comes up way before this season, even like last episode, there was, this was the time displayed on the, 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 their mother's uh, clock. Um, yeah. it's, it's, I, I don't know all the times it's, it's, it's shown up, but this particular sequence of numbers, this time has shown up a lot in various seasons. Um, so yeah, now let's let's talk about the the analysis. Um, you mentioned that the most intriguing one, and I kind of agree, is what now? Uh, that this actually stands for one one sixteen, and the White Rose January first, yeah, yeah, and that it's a date, and the White Rose's plan, knowing that we're on December twenty fourth, twenty fifteen, that would be this year's in Mister Robot's time, right? New Year's Day, yeah, and that the everything that's going to happen is going to happen on that day, mm-hmm. whether it be time travel, whether it be uh explosion that destroys the world or some kind of collapse i don't know there's also people speculating that 1116 could represent uh november 16th um and that there might be some new um version of the alternate reality game that's being kind of played uh on mr robot that might have some important clues that comes out on that date um so the another interesting thing I saw is this might also tie into the uh, alternate reality game a lot tighter than we suspect. The um, so there's been this Smail Corp, uh, Sam Sam Elliot, Sam Smail's personal web page. Sam Elliot built it. Yeah, it's Sam Smail's page, but Elliot built it. Right. Um, are, uh, what, are you, okay, I was like, wait a second. Is that, I, totally I, I, I just rolled with that. I'm like, wait a second. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so some people are thinking, because Sam, when he like, he tweeted this, he says uh, like something about timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And people think that the website will change and allow different access if you come to it at different times. Um, and some people de- delved into the web code itself, and there is a whole bunch of uh, Unix... Date, date time stamps, stamps yeah. which are like so like the way unix um take uh treats time is it counts to seconds mm-hmm. past like what is it one one nineteen hundred or is it one one nineteen seventy two the epoch is yeah. it like the, whenever that cut there's off there's an is. arbitrary date where they yeah. said time starts and and you can go positive or negative from mm-hmm. that date that's one of the reasons why 2k happened because they they didn't put enough they, they didn't have a number big enough to hold dates past that 
Um, but uh, there's a whole bunch of these universal time codes embedded into Java that will do some different things at different times and dates. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's probably going to be a lot of, like, if you, you, you come to the website at 11.16 p.m. maybe at any particular day or November 16th, and I know that game was being played out as... I was finishing my research or as I was forced to finish my research, as is often the case to record this podcast. Yeah. So that's something else to take uh, to, to keep in mind. But my position is always whatever happens to ARG, it's only going to be clues. You're, you're never going to get a reveal that mm-hmm. doesn't happen on the screen. So um, I. Yeah, I, I mean, I wonder if it could be, could be like a multi-stage reveal kind of thing, like mm. You know, if you're into the ARG, you have the potential to discover the clues that would let you deduce sure. the conclusion of the show. But they're but, always going to tell you in right. the show. Like you the might be you need a step or two ahead of the show's narrative, but the show's never going to. There's never going to be yeah. information that's like in the ARG and it never makes it back to the show. Or if it right. does, that information is probably never going to be actually relevant. It's just going to yeah. be interesting world building or details that are not going to um, like take away from your understanding of the show if you don't know it. At least that's but, what I would hope. Everybody look for eleven sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody rewatch all of Mister Robot and look for eleven sixteen. And in your in your daily life, look around you, see if there's any eleven sixteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, like maybe check a couple, like maybe check eleven or sixteen books out of the library on numerology, <laughs> sure. and see what you can discover. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting. To... <laughs> really, just Jim Carrey it. It'll it'll yeah. Just go crazy with it. Uh, I kept track, and so far in the month of October, I've taken 11 poops and 16 peas. <laughs> is that, is it possible that that's significant? I think you've Am traveled Am I playing right in the White Rose's, White Rose's plans? Yeah. Are you sure you're the same you that you were before then? I'd prefer to be called Brown Rose <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Yellow Rose for me. <laughs> All right, let's move on, please, God. Yes. Uh, well, no. Let me ask you this. So the thing is playing on USA, mm-hmm. which I love the 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 classic USA the logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's good. Uh, the thing is about something in disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, something a, a monster in disguise. A monster in disguise. Yeah, yeah I don't. It, I mean, maybe that's how White Rose could kind of view herself. That's how in I this. view White like, Rose. She she would be afraid that this guy would think she's a monster mm. uh, if she revealed herself. So I thought that was pretty interesting thing to show so i never took it as like her being afraid of how she'd be perceived although that makes a lot of sense too it's more of like that she actually is a monstrous persona like she's responsible for the death of yeah. many 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 people and the immiseration of many more so like you know uh you don't have to resort to transphobia to say white rose no. is a bad person <laughs> no you do not so I'm, I'm fine i'm fine with saying that she's a monster in disguise cool uh we transition to the modern day where White Rose's assistant tells her that Elliot is up to something because the coincidence seems too obvious to ignore with this thing with Philip and everything that's going on. Uh, he says to refuse Philip's demands, which, what were Philip's demands? Uh, I want to retire and I want you to ha- make that happen. How do you refuse to let someone retire? I think you refuse to set the meeting. You're like, you know what? Fuck you. We can't do it before Christmas. Suck a dick. There you go. Uh, Well fuck you, I'm quitting anyway, uh-huh. and your fucking bylaws of your evil corp <laughs> say that you have to do this. Like, 
Yeah, well, that's that was my he, thing. He has no See, control over Philip unless he, I, he's that's, thinking that's, he can threaten Philip's life. But what does he have at this point to lose? That's why the Christmas tree smash scene is so confusing because it's not clear what leverage he possibly has other yeah. than White Rose's gratitude for his quote unquote loyalty mm-hmm. and her being unwilling to. I, so, but yeah, because my thing is like, oh, you don't care? Well, then we'll kill you. Oh, if Philip doesn't care. Well, then he gets killed. Now they got a new. Now they have to elect a new CEO. Right. Like I, but but on in, the other hand, game is Philip is holding all the cards here. But on the other the hand, thing. maybe the death of like a prominent weird death of uh, or suicide of the CEO of the E Corp might be something that would delay her plan. The, the only thing I can think of is him not following protocol could fuck up her Congo sh- shipment, and she is not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. So like, and she knows that like she can't kill the you know she can't kill this guy because it would raise a bunch of questions. It might sure cause would. security levels to be. Th- I don't I don't know. But that so much of that stuff was not said. You just mm-hmm. have to guess like what what is the leverage? Why isn't she just eliminating this guy, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, why is Tyrell tough. not a good enough replacement? Right. We're about to find out. Uh, anyway, he, yeah, reviews Philip's demands, keep constant surveillance on Elliot. And then we go back to China 1982 and the wedding of his partner, not to, or the wedding of her partner, not, not to White Rose, uh, to some other woman who he's being forced to marry, Mm -hmm. uh, is happening. And White Rose presenting as Zhang encourages him to proceed with the marriage uh, White Rose says that he's going to be, or that she's going to be Minister of State Security right here in China, which mm-hmm. doesn't please this guy because they desperately want to get out of the country so they can live together out in the open. Uh, and then White Rose promises to make that happen if this dude will just have a little bit of patience. He has no patience and he cuts his own throat. <laughs> uh, leaving, that, shocking. Leaving blood all over the White Roses. And we, we see the origin of a couple things. We see the origin of, I think, the obsession with time the White Rose has because this guy is constantly checking his fucking watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, late, not, not making sure he's not late for meetings. And then we also see White Rose. Where yeah, the and the whole, uh, you know, this, this, uh, why she just is insanely triggered by the word patience because, you know, her lover here triggers we we both know that when someone asks someone to be patient they're they're really asking that person to surrender uh temporarily yeah well permanently in this case uh (laughs) because wow you got to be really fucking hardcore to slit your own throat you do um that's a hard that's a that's a tough suicide that's a committed suicide yeah yeah uh it's interesting because you know obviously this this means a ton to white rose so much mm-hmm. that she names herself after this event mm-hmm. so uh, what is it so let me talk about that what do you think is what do you think the the meaning of the white rose white rose is well he said something about this is a funeral rose uh-huh. or a funeral flower or uh-huh. something that right. and white rose said it was a joke and like uh-huh. he took it the wrong way and so I feel like there's a little bit of guilt tied up on that with that name too. Uh-huh. Like White Rose sort of you know the the I guess their desire to for power. Mm-hmm. Um their shared desire for power is what sort of led to his death. Cuz he very much did not want to go through with this wedding. Mm-hmm. And yet they were doing it because they needed the good graces of his father uh to to get ahead uh, in the power game i thought 
there's that. Um, I also thought that like with her kind of time strip planning and like there's all this talk about turning back time or changing oh, know, hacking time. Yeah. Is that like you know these 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 white roses are turned red? Like if turning turning them white again, like undoing. I, I, again, I I'm not sold on this being like a Doctor Who type of or a Back to the Future kind of time travel, but like there's something to that too. Mm-hmm. Like this, uh, you know, undoing these mistakes of the past, turning those those red roses back to white. I think might be another um, piece of that that puzzle. Yeah, and the the thing this did really effectively. I mean, obviously, aside from making White Rose more sympathetic is helping me understand B.D. Wong's performance here because I've always I've always seen something in White Rose in Zhang that's been I've read as like a weariness like just a, a slightly subdued like under the radar kind of feeling there and now I realize it's not weariness it's not that you know she's been working for 30 years on this project right it's sadness mm-hmm. and then guilt and mm-hmm. like those were the things that we couldn't understand about that character before. So this scene and, you know, a couple scenes before it are absolutely necessary. And and I feel like I guess this is the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. Because we did need a villain. We did need someone for Elliot to fight against so we can root for him. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's pretty late in the game to be revealing that kind of information. Sure. We've got another what, seven episodes? nine episodes i think it's i i think it's i i think it's fine and I, i'm thinking about other reveals of other villain kind of things and like you know it's it's usually kind of third act like uh we didn't find out about gus's history with the the cartel until same season he he eventually eventually yeah. dies in so mm-hmm. um i really appreciated the filmmaking here like all of the the noise and chaos of uh uh, her lover killing himself and she's screaming and there's this swell of music and it all just goes down to zero as he's uh, as she screams no uh post flashback and and you completely turns around on everything she had talked that told her assistant i just I, I love that smash back to reality yeah so let's talk about that where we go back to the same modern day scene we were in before uh white rose changes her mind and says uh set the meeting for tomorrow in order to upset philip's timeline and she also says to call Tyrell and offer him the CEO position and use the name White Rose so he knows what's up. It's another thing in her motif that she hacks time. Like Elliot yeah. is doing all these other hacks and what she does is she just, uh, you know, alters the tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see. We'll see which uh, mastery is, is better to have. Yeah. Uh, then Mr. Robot uses a Russian roulette metaphor to tell us that he's worried about Vera finding them and Elliot's refusing to talk about it. They run into Krista on the street, his former therapist. Is it accidentally, do you think? I think so, yeah. It felt accidental too, but then Elliot gives a speech like he was looking for the confrontation. And Hmm. since Elliot's not talking to us or Mr. Robot, I think it's entirely possible. But he did act surprised, like when he looked there. Hmm. But then also Elliot just sometimes looks like a landed fish. (laughs) Like in this episode (laughs) where uh, Evan comes in from OkCupid, he'd just sit Uh there and like you know deer deer in headlights so i'm not sure if it's his natural resting bewildered face or mm-hmm. uh he, he he was he was up to something and he just accidentally quote unquote ran into her where he knew she would be because hmm. he hacked her facebook and saw that <laughs> she was going to go sidewalking with her her <laughs> new boyfriend or whatever right. or maybe they're close to where her office is and mm-hmm. 
mm. or her home. I mean, he could have that information. Uh, yeah, so Krista says they absolutely cannot talk because she doesn't feel safe around him. And if he doesn't leave her alone, she'll be forced to take legal action, uh, which freaks Elliot out. And someone on the street takes notice of this conversation. They they fumble with their phone. Yeah, this confused-looking man uh, who won't have to live with this confusion much longer. It's true. Uh, I was kind of taken aback that Elliot is sort of just wanting to thank Krista here. And I guess it depends on your read. If you think this was pre-planned, it's a little more sinister. If you think that this was just, you know, him being genuinely thankful for helping him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure where I stand on his split personality, uh, his dissociative disorder. Yeah, but, I don't know. Because, like, that's another trope of people who are not, like, highly functional is that, you know, if someone calls them on the thing that they're trying to do is that first this is to deny and battle. Right. I didn't want to do I, I don't want to go back here for that. I just wanted to, uh, let's see, check my notes, something that no one can criticize me for. Oh, just thank you for all the help you've given me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't need that. Uh, I've sent you official letters saying get this fuck away from me. It, it, it felt I, the whole yeah, scene is I, bizarre. I, well, I read this as him. You know, this is just a happenstance meeting. It's it's a coincidence. Um, and so when you read it that way, I think him thanking her on the street is not nearly as like manipulative or oops, I've been caught in the act kind of. But narratively, vibe. with the danger she's going to be in, courtesy Vera, it's better if this is an intentional thing, right? And I'm trying to think because like everything happens for a reason because Sam Asmail is writing it down on a keyboard. Sure, so like sure. the purpose of uh, and if they they kind of meet accidentally, it's a little bit easier for I don't know. I guess Elliot feel guilty no matter what. Just it the is fact extremely his, fortunate for Vera and his goals that Elliot ran into Chris on the street. I think it's actually what I the, the thing is when I was watching this a second time, I thought that like it's actually extremely unfortunate that Vera shoots. Uh, his his somewhat uh, unobservant friend because if that guy just followed Elliot further that night, yeah. he'd have a whole bunch more to report about, a whole lot more leverage. That's true. But what do you do? You know, you miss 100% of the henchmen's you don't shoot. So <laughs> gotta gotta take those shots every once in a while. All right, Darlene tracked uh, Deus, the Deus contact back to Olivia Cortez at Cypress National. Uh, there There aren't any Cypress transactions in her account though which they find weird, uh, and they discover, oh, well, See, she must have another machine. Clean as the driven snow, the, our Olivia, Jim. Yep, she must to, be. Trying to sully her with, with Dark Army shit. She must be. That Dark Army contact must be clean. Uh, they need physical access to her computer to do this, to, to find out uh, what she knows. Elliot finds out that she's got a date tonight and decides to break into her shit while she's out. Darlene says she's going to do it, but Elliot shuts her down in a sort of scary way, and this... Like when I combine this with the theorization that the there's a a third personality uh, dwelling within Elliot and that that one could be very violent and cruel too. Like this it's feels utilizing... like it's part of that coming out. Plus, it it and there's a it, weird question here too, right? Like, are are you here or something? Or like, hmm. who are you? Hmm. Right. No, no. I think, and you also have the like Elliot tries, and he's like, I can't get anywhere through Mr. Robot tries. Uh-huh. And then there's another reversion to Elliot, but a side we don't frequently see. Yeah. I do think that that is what they're getting at that this is this this mean Elliot persona, this Sam Espolii or whatever. <laughs> Sepial. Yeah. Sepial uh, is, is what is the thing that scares Darlene and yeah. seems alien and, and uh, foreign to her. I don't. 
the thing is, is that I don't know because Sam's acting like this is going to be some kind of mind blowing thing that everyone's going to rewatch the series and go like, holy shit, holy shit. I man, I this seems a little bit too plain sighty. There's like no yeah. other tell. And and he he said that nobody's really discussed this one yet. Right. I, I can't remember how long ago he said that. It might have been as, was, as recent as last the, week. I think it was for an interview with Vanity Fair he did last week. Okay. So, so if no one has been discussing it, Sam Sepiel has been brought up many times. Now maybe not in the exact iteration. Right. That that it's going to be revealed, but. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll just keep keep an eye on Sam Sepiel and this violent uh, Elliot. I continue to be really impressed with uh, what they're doing with the Mr. Robot and Elliot working in synchronization. Like they did this uh, yeah. synchronized turn um, mm-hmm. that was really cool, and them standing, you know, coming in and out of the frame as they're talking to Darlene, I thought was really cool. Um, also, like I, we don't talk about the hacks a lot, but maybe mm-hmm. since this is an actually big kind of heist hack. Uh, and two-factor kind of authentication devices are still, I don't think, super mainstream. But what's happening here is, uh, you know, Cypress is so locked down that you have to have a physical access to machine and you need multiple forms of... uh, 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 You have to have something you know and something you have. In the case Mm -hmm. of this key fob, um, it's something that uses some kind of cryptographic uh, math to synchronize with another remote source that has the same that every like 60 seconds or so it changes to a new number and those because it's uh, through some sort of mathematical process that's hard to reverse engineer it's incredibly secure but it's very easy for an end user because all they have to do is punch in that key and it guarantees that uh, well, except for in this case where you take a picture of it and send it to somebody, <laughs> it guarantees that the person that's logging in has access to that that physical token that mm-hmm. says that they are uh, who they are. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll see that just being a piece of software on your phone. Right. Um, the the modern day kind of equivalent of... And when they're talking about this SS7 licensing, I looked up at that, there was... This is the telephone signaling and switching protocols. Um, hmm. It's like the low-level things of like how calls are routed and it even affects uh, SMS messages. So it looks like that they were going to try to do some kind of man-in-the-middle attack to like... Hmm. Uh, clone or hijack her phone to 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 gather the logins and information that they need, not knowing that she also has this physical token. Right. Yeah. There's also some stuff about uh, like hacking their way into her account on her computer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're able to sort of rename some password files, uh, sort of re reset Windows mm-hmm. authentication stuff, mm-hmm. and get in that way. Yeah, which I thought is funny because it's so simple and stupid. Right. Do you, so. Do you think Dar? Do you think he doesn't want Darlene to do it because it's super risky and dangerous, or he just doesn't believe Darlene as as good as he is, and this, the stakes are too high? Because hmm. I kind of, I kind of thought it was the latter, but then no one ever acknowledged acknowledges that. Not even Mister Robot or, or uh, Elliot to themselves. So, like, I don't know. Maybe they just are. I don't know. I'm not really sure why he wants to take this on himself. I know last episode he was, he did seem concerned about her getting involved uh, at all. So I could see, I could see him being, you know, still sort of protective, um, thinking he needs to do the dangerous things because he's the one who's dead anyway. If this doesn't happen, like, mm-hmm. yeah. The the other thing with Darlene is. Uh, sort of sad she's been hoping it makes it clear that she's been hoping elliot would change Mm -hmm. over all these years and i feel like that's really rough ground to run over there like Mm -hmm. you know it's man 
but hoping that people you're with will change yeah is a bad way to live your life yeah i think yeah uh and it's also, but on the other hand, she hasn't fully given up on him because yeah, yeah. she's still there when that's he's got the code. So she, uh-huh. you know, uh, I thought I thought it'd be funny for uh, when he first sent that from the bathroom. I thought one possible complication is like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm heading home. I'm out of here. Yeah. And then there's nobody left active to, to, to actually do the hack. Um, but no, uh, Darlene is still uh, hanging around for Elliot mm-hmm. to help in whatever capacity she can. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right, speaking of hacking Olivia, Elliot breaks into Olivia's apartment as Mr. Robot talks about how Elliot Elliot has lost everything and is trading his uh, vulnerability for isolation. Uh, Elliot finds Olivia's pain pills in her bathroom, which become important later, and her work computer locked in her desk. He hacks in, he gets her password, but there's a security fob, like you mentioned, that he can't get around. Uh, Robot suggests some solutions that Elliot doesn't think will work, and he comes up with an idea while looking at her date's photograph, which... We get to in the next scene. Yeah, I thought that this uh, Mr. Robot's talking about how the more Elliot restricts access, the less vulnerable he is. But if you block someone off, everyone off, what's the point? Which is kind of like the canonical description of a perfectly secure machine. Yeah, like the perfectly secure machine is one that's unplugged, not access to the internet, and in uh-huh. a bank vault, right? Yeah. But what can you do with that machine? You can't you, do. You can you can slide down a rope through a ceiling. Duct, <laughs> you, can tom, uh, you can Tom Cruise it, but like yeah, so the ultimate ins- the ultimate security is the uh, the opposite of ultimate. Uh, it's the, the zenith of security is the nadir of uh, accessibility. Yeah. So that is this this description of perfectly secure machine also applies to people that like yes if you block everyone off you're less vulnerable 
but then also since we're social creatures that doesn't is not going to exactly lead you to happiness too and mm -hmm. i thought that was an interesting kind of uh a parable that they're telling here yeah uh what do they have against the name evan I don't know. That's really funny. <laughs> Did you see the Sam Esmail's exchange with an Evan on Twitter? No, I didn't. Like uh, Evan's like Jesus, like you know Jesus. Uh, why, why, why the shots? And uh, uh, or he goes, actually, I think Sam. He, yeah, that's what it, Evan said. That Sam, he thinks Sam is actually just the, the, a stupider name, a more stupid name. And <laughs> Sam Esmail re retweeted him and said, "Classic Evan." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, my All brother's right. name is Evan. They're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> come on come on evans you know you know just admit it yeah yeah you've been living a lie <laughs> for the last how many years has that been a name i'm gonna say 400 yeah yeah that's when it was 400 invented. years of lies yep give it up yep all right olivia gets stood up by her date and elliot not knowing that olivia is an addict with a history who would lose her kid or sorry knowing that she's an addict with a history who would lose her kid if she got caught using again decides to blackmail her when Elliot approaches her, Mr. Robot steps in and tries to charm her instead. I thought that was really cool that he walks up and starts with this menacing hard sell. Uh, and then, you know, Mr. Robot just steps in and ta takes over for a while. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me how this whole this whole scenario plays out. Uh-huh. Because Mr. Robot, like, puts him in this situation and then abandons him. Right. Like, which is a weird <laughs> thing for the smooth uh, right. user interface guy to do to the guy who's a little bit lost and, and tall. But, you know, it's like almost like the only way this could have possibly worked is the way it did. Like, I, I was thinking yeah, yeah. about like what would, although I think Darlene is actually perfectly capable of seducing a woman. I, hasn't she? Dom. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking. Oh, yeah, she did. Right. Uh -huh. So, like, I was thinking, like, oh, as, as this was unfolding, it's like, if, what if Darlene had, sh you know, done this? Yeah. Uh, she would have probably hit various hard stops. I don't know. Maybe she wouldn't because, as we said, she's she's pretty good at the James Bond, the Jane Bond stuff herself. Uh. But I feel like the way Olivia's experience has shaped her is uniquely susceptible to, you know, Elliot's brand of just, like, kind yeah. of confessionary honesty yep like everything that she said that would horrify or everything he said that would horrify a normal person um she finds intriguing and charming mm -hmm. and probably safe like oh this is a person that's not going to judge me for being crazy because look at him um it's, it's interesting and kind of sweet yeah yeah wasn't expecting wasn't expecting a meet cute in uh robot mr robot season four yeah uh so we go over to Vera, who's working at a restaurant, packing drugs into chickens, sending them off it. with children. In a Santa Claus costume, he's just right. he's just stuffing chicken ass and giving out free Christmas chickens to all the underprivileged children. It's a pretty good scam, and it's also uh, another kind of uh, Breaking Bad tie. He's, uh, yeah, the he's chicken breaking man. the cardinal rule of, of drug dealing. You don't use kids. No? You don't use kids. Gus is going to come after you. Mm. Jesse's gonna come after you. Yeah, well, there ain't no Jesse in New York City. I'm more worried about the salmonella. Like, there's yeah. gonna be a lot of a uh, lot of drug users going to the emergency room, violently mm. ill on Christmas, because this guy distributing drugs and, and raw chicken. It's unsafe, mm -hmm. man. It's true. What, what are you trying to do? Poison? Poison your? <laughs> trying to poison your customers? Yeah. The fuck, man. Uh, there's stuff about here, uh, in here about Elliot. Uh, being very trying to recruit Elliot as a partner. Uh, cause yeah, we get to the, the part where Elliot's talking to, um, this guy saw Elliot talking to Krista on the street and has these pictures and he shows him, uh, Vera shows him to this kid who sees what's going on in the pictures and, 
uh, says that she hurt Elliot, and Vera agrees, and then he decides to kill this guy for not seeing it. Uh, but along the way, we discover that Vera actually is trying to get to Elliot so he can recruit him as a partner, which in Vera terms, I think means hostage partner. Yeah, but he says he doesn't want it to be like that. Yeah, but, but it'll be also like that. Crazy. If, but if Elliot doesn't want what Vera wants, it'll be like that. Yeah. So like in, in Vera world, what does this look like? You know, I what don't know. is I don't know what he wants, like other than Elliot as a partner, but a partner to what end? Yeah. Well, to make him king of New York. <laughs> what does that fucking I know, mean, right? right? Like, I mean, because that's the thing is Vera's Does he want to run E Corp? Does he Vera's wanna... got screws loose too? So yeah. you know, how bad is, is his damage? Uh I, I don't know. I don't does he want to become a drug kingpin? Does he wanna become Sounds like it. Like, does he wanna get into fucking stocks and bonds? Like what's I mean, yeah, is he is he like a, a gangster like Stringer Bell is a gangster? Mm-hmm. Is he a gangster like Marlowe is a yeah. gangster? Like, does he want to run the streets literally, or does he want to run the streets until he can work himself up into higher class of criminal, you know? Yeah. Go white collar. That's where the that's where the billions are at. Right. Um, we will see. Because I again I don't have I think he's a he's a cool dude, an interesting character. Mm. Um and I did like I I do think that his like underling is kind of the worst. It's like, Jesus Christ, how many times you got to tell a person to... I felt like he was pretty articulate about what he wanted. Like, hey, I need more information. Can you tell me? Like, yeah. And the guy's just complete... Like, maybe he's just that Detail. oblivious. Maybe he's that incurious. But like, yo, the devil's in those details, man. I yep. need him. She mad, like, mad like a lover, mad like a... And, and, and the t- telling thing is the kid was able to instantly deduce mm. the, the reality of the situation, which I think most people could, so... The wisdom of a child. Yeah. Are you smarter than an eighth grader? This time, Jeff Foxworthy blows your brains out because you yep. aren't. So, uh, there are. There's a exit sign in this room, which I don't know how much to read into this. I don't know how far back to take this. This show has a long history of exit signs because I remember talking about this almost every season. And there has been one in every episode this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has been. There have been a whole bunch of them in previous episodes and previous seasons. Do we know what it means? I don't know. We had an episode. They're usually the har- They're usually a harbinger of death, right? So, like, it could be that, like, you know, here is uh, Vera's partner, and he gets he gets killed. Yeah, and in one episode this season, it was in uh, the funeral home where mm-hmm. Elliot's mother was. Mm-hmm. So there's death all around there. Um, I remember the, the one of the memorable scenes was right before the China, the the uh, Dark Army attack on the FBI yeah. uh, agents in China. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, does seem to back. relate somehow to that, but yep. But I don't know the bigger meaning. I don't think anybody's really sussed it out yet. They're trying to make connections with no exit. Uh, the the play that we talked about two episodes ago. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, Sart. Sart uh, play. Yeah, but I don't think anybody's done it yet. Uh, so we go back on Elliot's date here. Mr. Robot has completely abandoned him. Elliot is failing hard. Luckily, Olivia feels some sort of dead and estranged parent kinship with him. Uh, Elliot says he's addicted to morphine and they start vibing over their shared addictions. Uh-huh. Uh, Evan shows up and Olivia leaves, but Elliot goes after her and they end up banging her apartment. They're... Not banging her apartment, banging in her apartment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the apartment got banged around too. Yeah. Uh, I I love the whole. I've been clean for nine months. Oh, except for the hair when I did two days ago. But I didn't <laughs> want it. She's like, did someone hold you down and force you? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, there are so many. Okay, I get that Olivia is a somewhat broken person herself, and, and that is the attraction. But there's so many fucking red flags. This, in this is scene. this is Christmas Eve. And she's, she's got lonely. the waitress's Christmas wrapping echoing through her. She's been listening to that nonstop, trying to get something romantic going. Mm -hmm. And here is this mystical meat cute that's coming down, and she can't, she can't resist. She yeah. can't resist. It's so dysfunctional. I want to feel good about what's happening here on screen, but it's hard to when I know how fucked up this relationship is probably going to be. I remember what happened with Shayla. I know that she's a dark army contact. I'm thinking all of these fucking red flags are Plus, here. Plus, there's another connection to Shayla, um, her advice to Elliot, because Elliot asked to kiss her, and they did, and she said later, like, don't don't ask to kiss. It's it's lame. Yeah, and he doesn't here. Uh, he doesn't, yeah. He uh, he risks a angry slap and a rebuke, because you you're, you probably shouldn't do that without... without. I, I, I think Shayla's got bad advice. She... Also... She's she was not a, a paragon of virtue that Shayla that you can just take advice like that from. Yeah, I mean. But yeah, yeah, like but, but, multiple uh, red flags. Uh, also, Elliot's. Let's not forget Elliot's on a death clock here. Uh -huh. He has like one day to live. Uh -huh. The last thing this girl needs is to meet somebody in a bar. Sure. And have them die the next day. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, another dead person like, in her life. That's her mother needs. was murdered. You wonder like what? Yeah. What's the the connection there? Um. I don't know. By the yeah, Dark Army, right. maybe? Hmm. Could be. Uh, I saw one person ask, and I don't think the ages and the dates or anything line up, but someone, the, the who is the lady that uh, Susan, uh, the uh, yeah, E-Corp e lawyer that got murdered? Jacobs, yeah. Shh, it's not, that's not her mom, right? There's no way that's her mother. And there's no way that that happened, like what, just a uh, couple months? They say months? her full name, I don't. It definitely wasn't Olivia Jacobs. She could have changed her name. She could have changed her name, yeah. Uh, but but also like the it seems like the death is a lot more distant. Like she had to have time to acquire an addiction to painkillers, kick an addiction to painkillers, get divorced, have a cuss. Like Susan Jacobs died like three yeah. months ago, four yeah. months ago in Showtime. No, I, it's I definitely think. been more than a year. Yeah. Uh, since she developed her addiction, so there's no way. It was is Susan. it possible? that they're setting Olivia up to be kind of part of Elliot's happy ending to the extent that he gets one. It's possible. Is it possible that we're, yeah. we're thinking that all this stuff is going to happen, but what the show is actually telling us is, you know, this woman has eluded the notice of Vera and, and why would white Rose? Yeah. Why does white Rose, this should be sending off all kinds of alarm bells. Uh, if, if, if Elliot's being watched this closely, mm -hmm. that he's this close to what their only contact to yeah. the bank. This is, the, this is the problem I have with the last scene yeah. where Mr. Robot is like, you know, the, oh, there's a van watching us. Mm -hmm. Shit. They're, they're, they're on to us. And mm -hmm. Elliot's like, let's just go home and act like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Dude, you just had sex with their contact. Like, mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't play that off like it's nothing. Doesn't matter they had sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, it might matter to White Rose. Right, right. No, I, I, it does. Like, I don't... There are a few things that feel a little fast and loose, and it could be just because they're saying, hey, White Rose is playing things fast and loose. Uh -huh. uh, everything that her assistant is saying about you are going to pay for your lack of caution with uh, bitter tears and ashes of your project falling, or that that could be prophetic. Yeah. 
Um, so it's not unfair if the characters themselves are, are, are saying this is a bad idea and you are doing things in a incautious manner if it turns out, indeed, she's doing things in an incautious manner. So continuation of this scene as Olivia sleeps, Elliot snatches the security fob and sends the data to Darlene. Olivia wakes up and almost catches Elliot. He knocks her pills on the floor, which prompts a story about her drug addiction and how she's overcome it. And they sort of bond over their shared trauma, their shared crazy. How about you lock the bathroom door? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it is. You're going it to is a little weird bathroom. that she just comes in there too yeah you're take you're, you're you're going to the bathroom like what if he was just taking a big shit mm-hmm. she's like do you net whoa i mean like yeah number one elliot you're in a stranger's house mm-hmm. you're 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 you are, are we sure that that door locks because it's one of those pocket doors or oh, those maybe. barn door things. you can lock those for sure because i used to have one yeah. in my old house um but yeah yeah you should have locked it and also trend, olivia knock way. what the fuck fuck those doors does yeah. anybody actually want a sliding door on their bathroom? The only time you want a sliding door, and it was the case of my bathroom, is because space is at a premium. If the door swings uh-huh. either way, it's going to be a massive pain in the ass. So This is a big bathroom. They both had no trouble sitting on the floor together. Yeah. Uh, and they weren't, the, the neither of their faces were near the toilet. Yeah. So, but big what, if you're sitting on a crapper, what that doorknob just comes and like, knock, knocks your yeah. eye socket right in, like right it, the temple, you're, right at, you're right at eyeball level. Like you don't uh-huh. want that door swinging around. Like she barges in and his his orbital socket gets crushed. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's you got a pocket door. Yeah, when you're in the bathroom, doors and corners. Yeah. Uh, all right. We and the we, less doors to cover, the less corners, the better. The better off you are. I mean, this could all be a sympathy trap, right? I want to I remind people once again. This is a connection to White Rose. Uh-huh could be a sympathy trap this is a, a long ass game that's being played but a 30 year game but that fair fair enough fair enough uh then mr robot voices surprised that olivia could break through elliot's emotional barriers uh elliot notices a van following them robot worries that it's white rose they decide to go home and act normal to keep up the ruse robot uses the russian roulette metaphor again as they see the apartment has been broken into with nowhere to go, Elliot decides, I'm going to go inside, and he finds Tyrell sitting at his computer. Tyrell's super excited about being made CEO. He just can't keep his mouth shut about it uh, and says, we got to take down White Rose. Now's our time. Let's move. Elliot tells him, you idiot. Uh-huh. Shut your mouth. They're listening. And it's too late. Like, what if... Yeah. So I found this a little frustrating, too, um, that Tyrell would be acting this way. Yeah, he's incre- incredibly naive. But I, he's also, that's the thing that's always I found frustrating this character is he does a whole bunch of stupid shit all the time. Yeah. But he's also like super smart and driven mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of like a peer of Elliot's. And I just, yeah, I, I, I remembered why I hated Wellick for the first two seasons. I mean, this is why nobody really takes him seriously. Right. Right. Because right. he is sloppy. He's not, he's not up to the caliber of these other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it, like that, like Elliot's like literally pushing his fist down his throat to shut him up, and he's like, "What the fuck? Why are you trying to keep me from stop talking about the fact that we need to band together and kill White Rose?" Uh-huh. Damn it, Elliot! I thought you were excited about killing her as much as I was. You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, man, you're killing us here. You're killing yeah, us. Yeah. So I, I have a question: Did White Rose actually overhear this conversation? <sighs> If not, then this show just fucking lost half its cerebellum and IQ level because I'll accept (laughs) hasty mistakes. But when the episode starts off with her saying we need to keep this guy under constant surveillance 
and they show that he is under constant surveillance and they we, he, they broken in his apartment low how many times that they don't have some kind of listening device and then show the little Chinese guy. Well, I don't know if you should say he's little, maybe six foot five. They show this perfectly nothing wrong with his height or anything. Chinese guy <laughs> sitting in the white van with like listening gear on and he's not uh-huh. hearing it. Then what the fuck? Let me ask you this. Is it possible that's not a rose? That's Vera. It should be both. There's okay. no possible way that White Rose is not surveilling this kid. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's Vera. I think it is White Rose. Uh-huh. But it's also possible that it's not. Well, I mean, he's there Vera needs a henchman. Maybe he went through the perfectly normal sized Chinese shop and found yeah, yeah. a new henchman. I, I mean, there are non Dark Army Chinese yeah. people in New York City, believe it or not. Wait, what? Yes. Seriously? It's true. Uh, I'm going to have to rewatch the whole series now. You just have to find a Chinese person without a, a ghoul mask. Yeah. A demon mask, and yeah. you're good. Yeah. Oh, well, what if they take them off? They could be anyone. They're not allowed to, it's in their contract. That's actually what they look like. Yeah, it is. That's their face, not their mask. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of genetic. There's a whole bunch of plastic surgery that you have to undergo when you're uh, join up with the Dark Army. Legitimate plastic surgery. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. You join the U.S. Army, they shave your head. Mm-hmm. You join the Dark Army, and they put they 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 carve a devil mask into you. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of this episode, there's a suicide prevention. But wait a second. Wait a second. Nice. Right, before we get to that very important topic, are you yeah. seriously suggesting that Dar- the the White Rose missed this conversation? No. Because like to me, this is just a yet another piece of the pressure cooker. That uh, yeah. um, I don't have it changes the equation because she knew that he was yeah. going to try to do something. Uh-huh. It is it is complicated that her uh, pick for new CEO is this person who wants to take her down. Mm-hmm. But she's very comfortable at taking people that want to kill her and putting the screws to them so they don't. And we talked about this in the preseason thing that Wellick has a son. That's the one thing that he cares about more than anything in the world. That son is still out there in the world, and that's the leverage that they could use against him. Elliot just needs to kill that kid. Yes. And then there's no leverage. It's, yes, of course. Perfect plan. Blame right. it on White Rose. Right. Stage it to make uh, sh- <laughs> pump that bay full of heroin, make it look like a <laughs> make it look like an overdose. Uh-huh. And you're you're free and clear. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Big, big overarching Mr. Robot question. Uh-huh. They're clearly making White Rose more sympathetic in this episode. Mm-hmm. You think we're gonna end up with some kind of Ozymandias? Uh, White Rose scenario where there is a greater good here that White Rose is trying to attain and in her mind and potentially in the minds of the audience it justifies all the actions before all the evil deeds she's done yeah you could do that that could be that's something that could be done or like them okay. also, um, that's kind of like how the, there's been a lot of Matrix imagery, and that's kind of how the Matrix ended out. You know, it's like by the time you watch the Animatrix and all the it's like you know the machines. Uh, it wasn't. You know, it's not like uh, the humanity is minding its own business, and the machines just rolled in and mm-hmm. and put them in the battery. Like you know, uh, to put it mildly, the humans did a lot of a lot of shady shit and mm-hmm. had some of that coming to them. So yeah, but I'm trying to think of like how you're going to frame, like what like what this series is trying to say would probably if if i understand it correctly be super undermined by having the most elite of the one percent of the one percent of the one percent actually kind of having a point yeah you know 
Like, like, what the fuck? What if, if Mr. Robot's leading up to that, which is essentially maybe monarchy is not a bad idea. Maybe we do need to find the, the 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 leaders of us all and grant them absolute authority over our lives, so that I mean that would be kind of fucked up. Yeah, but I do feel like by defining these characters a little bit more, uh, defining the villains a little mm -hmm. bit more for us, they're sort of dulling their blades a little bit on the message. Like, well, I mean, it's one it's, you have you can have noble intent and yeah. just still right, be, yeah. yeah, be horrific and how and 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 also futile in in mm -hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. So it's like. You know, I'm not saying she has to go into the finale twirling her non-existent mustache and, and being just blatantly evil for evil's sake. And I do mm -hmm. like that she's maybe more of a Magneto type than uh, like a fucking Hannibal Lecter type. But mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you can go so far as to say that her plan was well thought out or sympathetic in retrospect or I don't know. I feel like that that would kind of. It, it feels defang the message. It, I, I'm going on the assumption that this is some kind of time travel, you know, bringing dead loved ones back sort of thing. Uh, in the end, that goal is very selfish, mm -hmm. I think. Um, White Rose, I don't think, would be pretending, oh, I'm doing this for all people. Well, she might pretend that, but I think in her heart, she knows she's doing this to bring back her partner sure. that we see in this episode. And this kind of says everything we need to know about that goal. It's not. Some great, you know, oh, humanity needs this thing. She needs it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, the Kingpin and uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Like, clearly he would destroy all of reality to bring his 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 son and his wife back. And I yeah. think that she would probably do the same to bring uh, her lover back. But, again, I don't think, you know, Kingpin wasn't especially sympathetic. I mean, he's sympathetic, but clearly a bad dude that needed to be stopped. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, it's 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 still up in the air exactly what they're wanting to say and what our takeaway should be. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess I hope that it's not like, well, man, the the, the problem is White Rose should have tried harder, had a a, a a better a better understanding of basic physics or whatever's going to be the problem. Does this series end with Mister Robot actually coming back to life, Elliot's father? <laughs> Well, so 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 you want to talk about some crazy theories now? <laughs> oh, I thought we were. Uh, so some of the theories that seem to be gaining some traction is the fact that, like, yes, um, that Mr. Robot is actually his conscious uh, of of his father somehow downloaded into Elliot's brain. There might be several other, like oh, Elliot might have been oh. experimental. Uh, experimental thing wow. to, to to contain like the consciousness of people and that that also is applies to white rose's lover and that this isn't like a, a time travel so much as like you can uh clone a body or engineer a body and put a consciousness back in it or something like that some kind of ai robot thing mm -hmm. um you're going you're going deep there's like Down a lot of hole. lot of look like Westworld crossovers where it's like um, you could bring someone back to the dead by running an accurate simulation and until you find until you until you have a construct that performs identically to the original mm -hmm. as like a as judged by White Rose like if yeah, White yeah. Rose can get a robot that acts enough like her boyfriend that she herself can't tell the difference between the two then that's for all intents and purposes good enough till it hands you a horseshoe to cut a cake till it hands you a horseshoe to cut a cake. Uh, that's that's a Watchmen reference. So if we we've, yeah. we uh, can we work in a Mad Men, and I think we've we've uh, uh -huh. in Game of Thrones, <laughs> and we've name checked all of the Golden Age of Television of this episode. Right. Uh, I I don't I don't know I don't know about this ghost in the Elliot Shell type of yeah type of business. Um, if that seems plausible. Um, 
but yeah, I'm still on the the time travel theories. Yeah. So you haven't, because like I, I just feel like that anyone that's suggesting that there's actually going to be time travel is probably going to be disappointed just because of what uh-huh. Sam El- Sam Esmail has said, let alone Sam Elliott. Yeah. Uh, Sam Elliott uh, says uh, there's uh, no such thing as time travel, partner. The laws <laughs> of space and time don't allow for it. But <laughs> Sam Esmail said that, Dad, that's probably barking up the wrong tree. Wait, where's your Sam Esmail voice? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, he does doesn't. He doesn't have a distinctive. Hmm. I beg to differ. Although I can't pluck out what is distinctive about it because it's not. It's, it's distinctively Shit. non-distinctive. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't, those, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, I, now again, I, I think the loophole is white rose is trying to do something that's outside the bounds of science. And yeah. it turns out it is outside the bounds of science and this just doesn't work. Uh-huh. But like, I'm going to, I mean, if there's a fucking Stargate or a DeLorean or something like that, then I could see that working out and being pleased with it. But I'm going to say the Sam Esmail is a big fat liar and I'll never trust any of his public statements again. All right. Well, that's all I got. Maybe he's hoping that time travel exists because he actually has written himself in a corner. None of this shit ties back to season one. <laughs> Maybe he's, he's hoping White Rose machine? takes him back in the time so he can fix the plot of season one and two. So this all tracks. Maybe that's he's he's shit. White Rose is Esmail. Esmail's White Rose. He cracked it. You gotta you gotta you gotta go to esmailcorp.com on 11, 18, 11 at eleven eighteen p.m. and he'll be like shit. You've you've got you've you've cracked the code. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Do we do? Is there any other crackpot theories that we want to, or or otherwise that, you, that we want to talk about? No, we'll save all of them for next week. Okay. Well, let's get to feedback. Uh, there has been a few intrepid individuals that sent us feedback to robot at baldmove.com. You can also participate on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. If you'd like to discuss Mr. Robot with your fellow friends, fellow fans, they can become your friends, fellow foes. Why not? Yeah. Don't don't wall yourself off. Yeah. Uh, the the less connections you make, the less worth it life is. Uh, Mark McD, uh, this is an email from last week. It says, "I don't think the Philip purposely drugged Elliot before bringing him back. I assume that when it happened, he was just informed that his men were dealing with someone who walked into the kill room." When he'd arrived or checked his phone or whatever, he saw it was Elliot and told them not to do it. They'd already given the injection and they had to use Narcon. I still think this interpretation makes the most sense. I am going to disagree with you, Mark. I, the more the plot that's just happenstance and luck and coincidence. I mean, you know, White Rose said it herself. Uh, there is no such thing as coincidence. Like that's hmm. if Elliot was caught up in the spider web and he was dead, and the only thing that saved him is Philip just happened to stop by. Like does Philip always stop by at these things? Like, hey, um. I, you know, I, I'm I, five minutes after you guys administered a kill dose, I'm gonna just pop in and make sure everything's cool. Like, what? It's not just that coincidence. It's like all the things it implies about the process that you'd have to think about. You know, for some reason, I'm less inclined to believe that Philip is constantly watching what's going on in his honeypots. But and he's stuff. the one that got the phone call that the honeypot had been like. I don't think the phone call is, "Hey, honeypots triggered. Uh, we already liquidated the dude." Like, I don't think that's how that <laughs> phone call goes. It's more like honeypots triggered. This guy's locked in. They're helpless. Like, what's the hurry to the to, to get in there and kill him? So yeah, but I, I just get this image of White Rose like sitting at a computer constantly, just monitoring 50, yeah. 50 webcams and like. Well, it's a perfect metaphor. Like that's what a spider does. It sits in the middle of the web and waits yeah. for a vibration from its string, and then goes and pounces. Like White Rose at the middle of the World Wide Web, she could easily do that. 
Yeah. It is it's weird that she kind of farms out some of this stuff to people that hate her so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh he continues, Mark does. Janice's business, La Morte Herus, The Happy Death in French, is the name also of Albert Camus' novel about a man in search of happiness and the need for money to gain enough time to achieve it. A uh, quote from that is, we use up our lives making money when we should be using our money to gain time. How the fuck do you do that, Camus? Like, like... <laughs> you pay somebody to... Uh, clean your house. So, so the and thing we're doing wrong is not and... being born into inherited wealth. Like, yeah, you... come on, get with the program, man. Uh, just, just pick your birth, and maybe that's the plan. She's going back in time to pick who who she was born to. Because if she could be born to someone powerful, imagine the head start. Man, China. Also, China's ancient. Like, uh, what what's the oldest bank in China? You go back in time, I don't know, three dynasties, a couple thousand years, you put in a yin there, mm-hmm. and just let compound interest do the, do the rest. And then you find out that then, E-Corp threw it out for non-payment. Then, then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a three-month stretch there in like the, the, the fourth yeah. century where they're real sticklers about you showing up and checking on your yin. Right. Uh, and you got, uh, or is it quant? Like, yin is Japanese. I probably fucked up my cultural currency references. I have yeah, no cultural currency. Know. I'm culturally bankrupt. I'll blame it on that. Um, uh, but but uh, Mark is trying to make the point that's interesting uh, with uh, Camus here that you already have a start reference. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I know my French philosophers from anything. Nope. The only reason I know anything about it at all is like Mad Men and Fargo mm-hmm. <laughs> because they went pretty deep on some of... Yeah, some of uh, uh, Kafka and Camus and all those other guys. Uh, also, Janice was listening to a real hardcore history podcast episode about how people claiming to be prophets used religious zealots to take over the city of Munster, which is a very White Rose move. At the beginning of the episode, Philip even called White Rose a prophet in the introduction. Um, I, I, the quibble I have here is like, I, there's no way that was Dan Carlin's hardcore history podcast because he does have one on the siege of the city of Munster and the religious fervor about that. Yeah, and I, one of my favorites. I think that this is... Um, a version of that that they can get away with without securing your rights or anything in the exact same way that the one dude was kind of like a stand-in for like Alex Jones. Yeah. He had that kind of info wars, but it wasn't info wars. Yeah, I really, I, I listened Information to it several times. Information battles with a Z. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I listened to it several times. I don't think that's actually Dan Carlin. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, well, I know it's not Dan Carlin, but it, it's it's probably standing in for that, that episode. Uh-huh. Uh, let's move on to Travis. This was my favorite talking about this week's episode. This is my favorite episode of the season. Might have been one of my favorites of the series um, if the entire episode was purely White Rose's origin. I loved everything about it. Her coming out and the acceptance was really beautifully done. Those actors did amazing work with such little screen time. Um, what did you think? What did you think that casting? Because uh, I was confused for like the first five minutes about which one was supposed to be White Rose and which one was supposed well, to Well, it was the be. power dynamic to me that That's was, the, other thing, that was yeah. the, the switch, right? Because I'm used to White Rose being the one in control. And it seemed like in the first scene, but then like the one dude was the one going out to meeting with the business partners and she was being left behind. I'm like, well, right. wait, did I? And the foot massage I... was like the, the wrong power dynamic, I thought. But yeah. then... But, but the actor looked a lot like B.D. Yeah. Wong. So I was like, okay, this must be... Did and you then we found so? out well, it was I, a I was, time the other thing before. Is like, and... I, I didn't think he, that any of them especially looked like White Rose. Really? Or B.D. Wong, I should you say. Didn't think I did. Huh. Yeah. Okay, well. 
uh, get, get back to back to what Travis was talking about. Uh, I also loved little things that informed her character. Her asking questions like mountains or ocean reminded me of Angela's initiation in two episode or season two episode eleven. The symbolism of the blood on the white roses and the origins of her obsession with time, etc. I'm also guessing that her mother's dress being prominent is a Chekhov's dress. She's definitely dying in that thing. <laughs> Pretty good prediction. Mm-hmm. Uh, her moment of triumph being also her moment of utter failure. Um, that's a classic villain thing. Mm-hmm. Rest of the episode is great, too. I liked Elliot and uh, Olivia at the bar, along with Robot being the smooth one. Robot making fun of the name Evan made me laugh. My little brother is a ginger hellion named Evan uh, himself. <laughs> hey, very relatable there, Travis. The actor that plays Vera, I realize, is fantastic. He's probably only been in five episodes total, and he completely leaves an impression. Agreed. Tyrell talking aloud as Elliot is clear, clearly trying to shut him up is basically my only criticism of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seemed seemed real dumb. What are you going to do? Um, I If you listen to the entire uh, 2-bit encryption, I've long maintained Tyrell, big dummy. Uh, final email, Craig. I think there's some key information hiding in the scene between Vera, his sidekick, and little kid, but I don't know what. The way the scene is shot is important. Vera keeps asking questions like, what do you see? And zooms into the image of Elliot and his therapist. I think this question is as much from Esmail to us as it is to from Vera to the kid. I think the takeaway is that the face we know as Elliot is the one visible and can be assumed to be the real one. But what are we, the audience, also missing? You don't see Mr. Robot, which obviously makes sense. But what is the significance of what the kid does or does not see? Jim, I think Craig might have succumb to Mr. Robot Derangement Syndrome, <laughs> uh, where yeah, a scene that asks questions that are immediately answered by same scene is then seen as there's something deeper. If mm. you if you zoom in on the image and you run it through an image decryptor, you'll find the image of a hanging <laughs> hanging kitten saying, hang in there. Like, the sad part is sometimes that's, that's true. That's the thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The derangement, it's 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 not like uh, it, it's it's not nur- nature so much as nurture. Like Sam mm-hmm. Elliott is driving. <laughs> Sam Elliott's shaving his mustache and driving us all crazy. <laughs> Sam Esmail is, is is driving us all crazy. Um, but like everything in me screams that this scene is pretty much already on the surface. It's about yeah, you know, looking. But but it is also about looking deeper and seeing the things that mm-hmm. other people don't notice. But also, it's things that a child can notice. If right, so maybe we're blind to them because we're not children. Yeah. I need to get uh, I'll, to, uh, I'll get Jack to take a look at this uh, picture of Elliot and uh, yeah uh, his therapist and say what what do you see buddy mm-hmm. what do you see and he'll be like I, I don't know I don't think I'd get as insightful answer as as Vera but then again I'm not holding a gun it's fair uh, that poor kid uh, will never be able to hear another thing because that, that kid's that, a drug that, runner like the, that the... that gun went off like six inches from his oh, ear yeah he's he's done. He's done. The next yeah. time Vera asks him, what do you see? He'll be like, what? <laughs> what? What do I hear? Nothing, you asshole. <laughs> you shot a gun right by my eardrum. Mm-hmm. Um, indoors, even. Uh, that's all the feedback we got. You can send in feedback. Uh, we are, our, uh, our email server is not locked in a bank vault. It is open for the world at robot at baldmove.com. You can also go to our forums, forums forums.baldmove.com to discuss things with your fellow fans and 
all social media is at bald move is is how you follow along with our, our weekly uh endeavors because boy there's a lot to keep a lot a lot to keep up on nowadays there's a, a lot of television coming down the pike mm-hmm. so i am interested in seeing 404 what what html error message it will be next yep and until then i'm your host aaron i'm jim see ya